Welcome to Climb Your Mountain, the only podcast that teaches you how to use coaching, neuroscience, and mindfulness to overcome life's challenges. I'm Sarah Maurer, a certified life and performance coach, breathwork facilitator, and trance geek. Each week, I show you how to change your brain fast for good and without struggle. Whether you're training to climb an actual mountain, building a business, dating, or planning a fucking rebellion, these tools will help. Listen and learn so you can enjoy more of what you want. Happiness, fun, connection, creativity, courage, and the occasional mountaintop moment. Ready? Let's do this. Hello, my friends. How are you doing? I am good. I'm a little frazzled, I'll admit. I'm actually recording this podcast at 4 o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday, which is a little bit different from my normal time, my normal podcasting time. And I'm recording now because I'm actually going out of town for a couple of days. And I had like this beautiful adventure planned. I was going to go and climb a mountain that I've been wanting to climb and do a trail run. And then the weather forecast came through and it was like, it's going to rain all day on the day you want to climb the big mountain. So I'm like, well, that's it's a long way to drive to take a chance. So I just now like made myself a whole new vacation plan, like in an hour. And it was kind of stressful and a little bit, it's a little bit sad that I don't get my plan A. This is kind of the plan B, but maybe the plan B is going to be amazing. I'm kind of leaning into this idea that this is the plan that was supposed to happen all along. So yeah, so I'm just taking a break here to podcast, give you something to listen to while I'm away out there playing in the mountains. And I thought this might be a really fun time to talk a little bit about hypnosis. I know whenever you have been, some of you have been with me for a long time since my personal trainer days, and now you're hearing me use kind of scary words like hypnosis and trance and going into the unconscious. And I mean, there's probably some of you that are like, fuck yeah. Yeah, bring it. And there's probably some of you that maybe that brings up some preconceived notions or ideas. And yeah, the words sound maybe a little bit scary, uh, maybe a little bit, what's the word? Like snake oil, like pseudoscience, like it doesn't work. Um, And if if you're kind of in that camp, know that you're not alone. I have like two friends that think me being a hypnotist is the coolest thing ever. And then the rest of them either kind of change the subject or they (laughs) let me know that they think it's weird and it's not real. So yeah, like it's totally, totally okay to have that reaction. And I'm not necessarily here to talk you out of it. I am really though in this episode wanting to lift the curtain, tell you exactly what hypnosis is, how it works. I'm actually going to walk you through how I structure a journey or an experience with a client. And it's kind of funny. I feel like I'm telling tales out of school a bit. I'm not sure I'm actually supposed to share this stuff. It definitely might be easy, easier on my marketing if I just let you think it's it's magic. Um, it might, you know, I kind of worry sometimes too that if people know too much about it, it'll stop working, which is actually a really silly thought because obviously I know a whole lot about it and it still works on me. And honestly, now that I know how it works and what's happening, I actually think it works a little bit better. So if you are interested in hypnosis and thinking about coming to me for some hypnosis or using some of my free offers, which I'll walk you through 
Um, there's a lot of free ways to work with me as well. I'll run through those at the end of this episode. Yeah, this might actually help you get more out of those. So, so let's dive in. I'm going to start with my story. Like, how did this girl <laughs> who used to like be an evangelical Christian and then was an atheist and then was a personal trainer, how did she become a hypnotist? So this is not, if you would have told me 10 years ago that I would be a hypnotist, I would have been like, fuck no, there's no fucking way that's such bunk. So even I like had so much preconceived notions about it. But yeah, the thing that kind of led me to it was actually breath work. So I've been a breath work practitioner since 2020, certified since 2021, um, and I actually discovered breathwork first during the pandemic. I've told this story before on the podcast, but it's such a good one. I'm going to tell it again. The way I found breathwork, two life coaches that I followed on social media were actually offering free breathwork and meditation sessions online during the pandemic, just as like a public service. It was really nice of them, right? Just to come on and share their talents with all of us when we were really like flipping out and stuck in our houses. So yeah, I was very excited to go to their sessions, always enjoyed both the breathwork and the meditation with them. And then, and it was always breathwork first, they were a couple, the man would lead the breathwork, and then the woman would lead a meditation. It was short, it was nice, it was relaxing. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is really cool. I really enjoy the, these sessions with them. And then one day, the woman, I can't remember why, she couldn't come, so the man ran the whole session alone, the breathwork guy, and he's like, guys, we're going to do some breath work, <laughs> like real breath work. And it was kind of, it kind of reminds me of like, I think sometimes those of you who are moms, maybe, you know, you leave your, if you have a male partner, like leave that guy home with the kids and you come back and you're like, oh my gosh, what is happening? It's gotten totally out of control. The kids are like climbing up 20 feet in a tree and playing with power tools and just like running around crazily. That's kind of like this breathwork session. Mom was away and dad was like, let's get out the power tools. So what we did was a really long and intense session. I remember it being about 90 minutes. It might have been 60. But yeah, he put on like some shamanic drumming music and had us breathe triactive, which is a pretty activating breath pattern for 60 to 90 minutes. And yeah, we've had a lot of preparation, honestly. He's like, let's go. He just, we went. And I remember just like tripping balls. Like I was like in a good way. I was just having visions from another time in my life. They were really, um, it was the memory that came back to me. It was something that was so helpful, so healing, especially like when I was locked alone in my house during COVID and just feeling very alone and very separated. It was actually a memory of being a kid and with my best friend, my cousin, and just taking me back to a time when, yeah, like I never felt like I had to earn love. I could just be myself and be loved for myself. And so I'm like crying and like freaking out as I'm like, as I'm breathing and remembering this. And then just like, yeah, we were done. And I'm like, what the fuck was that? That was so amazing. I need to learn how this works, <laughs> which is basically how I became a facilitator. That was my big motivation. I, I was like, I would really love to lead other people in this kind of experience because obviously it's awesome. But I think my big motivation 
was really just to understand like what was happening in my mind that just caused like this intense moment of like healing and just processing just a lot of emotion that had been shoved down. So I felt so light and so good afterward. Um, I just wanted to know how that worked. So went to facilitator certification with pause breath work. Um, and yeah, like if you, some of you have probably done pause or have some experience with the pause method, if you breathe with me, that's 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 like one of the big one of my big traditions, one of the big methodologies I'm using with you. And yeah, like pause is great. And it's also, at least at the time, I did it just a little bit short on content because I remember sitting in class and being so frustrated. And I'm like, you know, how does this work? Like, why am I so different? Like, sometimes, like, drastically different after one session. And even if it's not drastically different at the end of the session, if it, sometimes I'll just, a lot of times, almost, like, always, <laughs> the sessions aren't like a lightning bolt from the blue. They're more like, oh, that was relaxing. But over time, as I'm practicing, I'm just noticing such a change in myself. So what the fuck is happening? Like, why does this change people? Why is this changing my brain? And they had, at the time, like every time I asked a question like this, it would be something like, well, it's about the vibration of the energetic field. And I'm like, no, no, this is really working. Don't give me your energetic field bullshit. Like, tell me what's happening in my brain. Like, why physically, physiologically does this work? I really feel like there's a neuroscience explanation for what's happening. And they could not or did not give one, at least when I was a student, that really, they didn't, couldn't really give me an answer that really satisfied me. So I kind of practiced breath work. I was a facilitator. I'm like, maybe I don't really have to know how it works. I know that it does work. I know that people love it. They get a lot out of it. So practiced for two years, kind of from that place. Like, I'm like, just really trusting that it's working. And then people, some of you may have asked me, why does it work? And I'm like, I'm not honestly sure. Here's what I think. Here's what I've kind of figured out. Here's my best guess. I didn't have a really good answer. You may have noticed if you asked me between 2020 and 2023. So a lot of time passes. I'm also mostly because of this breathwork experience and just seeing so much transformation happening for people. I'm also really interested in coaching. I had been a personal trainer. I had been kind of trying to blend the breathwork and the personal training. I'm like, I'm not sure exactly how to do this. I was trying different things. Nothing was really feeling right. And, um, yeah, kind of decided. What if I became a coach, like a life coach, which was a pivot I had been thinking about making for a while. As a personal trainer, you kind of are a life coach anyway, because I was training people for like big mountaineering climbs and events. And there's so much work that goes into that. And there's it has to like fit with the rest of life. So I kind of felt like a life coach anyway. I felt like I was already life coaching. And I'm like, what if I just like made the full pivot? Because, you know, I'm kind of bored with the personal training, to be honest, and just did life coaching and then also mindset coaching for athletes. So that's kind of what happened. And I was using, I'm a trained counselor. So I was using a lot of counseling tools, cognitive tools, things that, you know, I had learned as a counselor using it in a coaching context, not necessarily for therapy, but for, yeah, like human improvement and exploration and self-insight. That's lots of fun. Um, 
And I was really kind of feeling like something was missing. I'm like, yeah, this cognitive thing, I don't know. Sometimes I find a thought that feels better, but you know, my behavior, my life, my being doesn't necessarily fall in line with that. And a lot of cognitive coaches will tell you, well, it takes some time, it takes some cultivation, which is true. I really think that's true. There's nothing wrong with that. And then I also had an experience where I went and worked with someone that did hypnosis, NLP, some of these more unconscious tactics, um, methods. Her name's Courtney Russell. I'll put a link in the show notes to her. If you're interested in (laughs) having an experience like this, definitely reach out to Courtney. But yeah, she just did an intensive with me. We met in person for two days, a couple hours each day, did um, some of the techniques that I do now, the hypnosis techniques, the NLP, neuro-linguistic programming is NLP techniques, timeline therapy, Um, bringing in just as we all do, like a lot of different techniques from different traditions. And she worked with me on feeling guilty around not being a good enough daughter to my mom as a caregiver. My mom has Alzheimer's. And at the time, I was just like really struggling with being an only child trying to take care of a parent with pretty heavy medical, psychological issues as kind of a relatively young person, I was like in my mid forties when this became a thing. And I was feeling so guilty that I was like resenting it and just not spending enough time with my mom and not putting enough effort into it. Not really giving myself credit for the parts that were just deeply like sad and kind of traumatic about the whole situation. And so I get a Courtney and I'm like, I'm just such a mess. Like I'm miserable. I'm like, I, you know, I don't necessarily want to die, but sometimes this is so much noise in my head. I just like it, like if a semi just like crushed my car and I was gone, like it would, I'm like, at least it would be quiet, kind of that kind of feeling. And worked with her for two days, completely different. It's never been a problem for me again. Maybe a very small problem. Sometimes it kind of comes creeping in and like I, I kind of would like have things that would happen that were triggering. And I was like, okay, this is the part where I really start feeling terrible and shame and guilt and beating myself up. And the trigger would happen and I would wait for it and my brain wouldn't do it. It was just like, okay, so what's next? <laughs> Which was the most amazing feeling ever and kind of weird. <laughs> and then it also generalized to other areas of life. So I, I used to have a lot of social anxiety, like that's pretty much gone. Like, I, I really don't give a shit what anyone thinks. Like, you know, I mean, there's within reason. A lot of times people I care about, I care more what they think than, you know, just like the average person. But yeah, it makes so much things in life easier, right? When you just like, don't give a shit, which was like one of the big outcomes of this coaching. So I'm like, shit, That wasn't cognitive coaching. I'm not sure what that was. I didn't really know as much about it at the time I experienced it as I do now. But I'm like, whatever that was, I really need it as a coach. I need to bring that to my clients, like that they can change quickly and for good and it can stick and that it can generalize to other things is just such an amazing thing. So I got certified in unconscious coaching with Melissa Tears and Simone Soul. I'll put a link in the show notes, any of you who are coaches that are looking for a certification that's kind of over on the unconscious side, 
first one I recommend, really, really excellent. And then I did an additional certification in straight hypnosis with Melissa this summer. That was the bomb, like just so life-changing and amazing and so much fun. And (laughs) what was amazing about all of this is I'm like, oh, now I finally understand why the breath work changes people, why that's such a profound experience just to lay there and breathe and have someone make suggestions to your brain and probably making even more importantly, suggestions to your own brain, why that just causes such profound change for people. So yeah, <laughs> that's kind of my journey. I know that was like a really long story and parts of that I've told before, but I don't know. Sometimes it's like a bedtime story. People like hearing it over and over again. So there you go. And the next thing I'm going to kind of dive into you, you d- dive into with you is this whole idea of what is hypnosis and how exactly does it work? So what is hypnosis? Is it, we all have like these, probably these pictures, right? Of people with mesmerizing eyeballs or someone putting like a bobble on a chain and swaying it in front of your face, which is honestly more like EMDR, but I digress. <laughs> or like, like um, maybe you've seen stage hypnosis where they tell people to bark like a dog or that a badger is coming to bite them and they react. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like really therapeutic hypnosis is very different to be honest. It it seems similar processes in your brain, but the way that it plays out, the way we use it in a session is completely different. And really when I talk about trance or hypnosis, there's really only two ingredients that need to be present. One is focused attention. So for, um, One is focused attention, just being like very present, maybe focused on a vision or a metaphor or something in your mind. And the other thing is openness, just being relaxed and open to new suggestions, new ways of doing things. And really, when you're in that state, you're able to receive suggestions from from the the person who's guiding you, but more importantly, from yourself. You're able to make suggestions to yourself, and your brain believes them, and your brain like actually like takes them in, holds them, wires them in where they need to be. And it actually causes something called neuroplasticity, which is just the pathways in your brain realigning, updating, rewiring, so that they fire in different ways. And you're just capable of more than you were before and different than you were before. And I know like the word trance sounds really scary, but you're in a trance all the time. Like for example, when you're watching a movie, that's like a kind of trance that we all kind of willingly go into. Because if you are watching the movie, a movie, if you think about it, is kind of like a little consolidation of little scenes in life. And there's a scene and then it jumps to the next scene. It's not like real life at all, right? And a lot of times like the dialogue is very dramatic or the events are structured in a certain way so that they build on each other and kind of play up your emotions a bit. And we all just kind of willingly go along with that by just like allowing ourselves to just melt into it, to be open to it, to be, it, to be, we allow it to make suggestions to us. So whenever the screenwriter is writing a suspenseful scene, they're like, here's where someone's going to jump out. It's going to be really scary for the people watching. And we totally like see that monster jump out and 
and go, ah! <laughs> or if you're like me, you watch the, um, what's that movie called? Alex Honnold, like where he's climbing free solo. <laughs> I saw that in the movie theater and my friend was laughing because I like could not, could not watch it. I was like so terrified. Even though I know Alex Honnold is not going to fall. I was like under the chair in front of me, like in the scenes when he's way up on the wall, like reaching for something tiny and putting all his weight on it. I'm like, oh my God, I can't watch because <laughs> it, it's structured in such a way. And I'm allowing myself to be taken for that ride where he's doing something really dangerous where, you know, there's a possibility he could fall, even though there's a logical part of me that knows it's not going to happen. So yeah, like reading a good book, watching a good movie, any kind of good fiction is like intended to um, create a trance. And we happily go along into that all the time. We also like put ourselves in a trance anytime we kind of ruminate on an emotion or kind of have an emotion that's stuck and coming up for us and spinning around in our bodies. So anxiety is such an excellent one. If you think about what it's like to be anxious, you're, you're, you're kind of making suggestions to yourself and believing them. And usually they're not really happy suggestions, right? So I've talked on here before about my driving anxiety and how <laughs> I suggest to myself, I'm going to pass out while driving because I did have a panic attack one time. So now that means I could pass out, have a panic attack at any moment, pass out and just like crash and cause other people to crash. And whenever I make that suggestion to myself, my mind believes it. And then I get more anxious and then it becomes this downward spiral. So you can see how that works. And it was kind of funny. Um, I've talked on the podcast about I had driving anxiety a while back, had really kind of gotten it to the point where it was gone, like it wasn't bothering me at all. And then it did come back. I'm not sure why. I had like a relapse of it. And I had the relapse one day and kind of used my tools, was working on it and was, you know, kind of got home. And then the next day I got in the car to drive and I was just driving along normally, not feeling anxious. And then I remember that now I have driving anxiety again and immediately felt anxious and started like flipping out and picturing myself crashing. So yeah, you're so suggestible. Like you can make suggestions to yourself and your mind believes it. So, so yeah. So how can we use this? for healing. I'm going to take a moment just to tell you a little bit about how I work. This is also how you will learn to work if you take um, Melissa and Simone's certification. And basically, the work that I do with clients really happens on three levels. So the first one is understanding that a lot of <laughs> what's happening in our brain is self-hypnosis in the form of patterns, programs, neural pathways, which is basically just neurons firing in sequence. Our brain is very habitual. It likes to do the same things over and over, even if they're upsetting, just because, yeah, that's the fastest way to um, understand the world for our brains. So one of the things I work on with clients is just stopping that pathway from firing. We use a lot of, not necessarily trance at this stage, but somatic techniques, um, metaphoric kind of 
um, visualizations as blocks. So anytime your brain is firing a pathway, whether that's seeing chocolate and immediately wanting to eat it, whether that's drinking a glass of wine and getting to the last sip and immediately feeling the craving to go and refill it, whether that's seeing a big dog and feeling anxious because you you know had a bad experience with a big dog, whether that's driving your car and thinking about how you could just crash and be <laughs> like pass out while driving and crash, which that's one of the first levels. The first level of work is just really to give you some tools, just whenever these patterns that aren't serving you are running in your brain to stop them. And I actually do a lot of workshops to teach this work. It's something that's really easy and fast to teach. And it's very, very effective, especially if you as the client then take it, use it, um, use it anytime you see that pattern coming up. A lot of times you'll find that you can knock down your own patterns and then your brain has to replace it with something. So that's like an automatic update. It's kind of cool. Um, and I use all of these as well, like all the time. My friends are used to me like tapping and passing things back and forth and doing strange things with my eyes. Like it's, it's just part of me now. <laughs> so that's the first level of work, just giving you some tools to just stop the habit, stop the pattern that your brain likes to do. The second level of work, this is where coaching comes in and is very helpful. This is a big piece of that certification with Simone and Melissa is learning how to take is learning how to take resource states and like paste them on triggers. So what that looks like is, <laughs> I think I shared this a couple weeks ago, whenever I start to feel anxious driving, I immediately bring in a resource. So my resource is just something ridiculous that makes me laugh really hard. And in this case, the latest one is just imagining Austin Powers in the opening scene of the first movie where he's like prancing around and doing his silly little dance and making his sexy face that's not sexy at all, dancing with the policeman. <laughs> so I just imagine like as I'm driving along feeling anxious, like Austin Powers are all along the road, like dancing and prancing and making the sexy face at me and kind of like cheering me on as I'm going. And immediately I'll start to laugh. I've been like, working on that for a couple weeks now. So now immediately, whenever I feel like a little nervous in the car, I think of it. I don't even have to like try. It just like comes into my brain. And that has really helped my anxiety to come down really fast. Like now it's a wired pathway. So anytime I'm driving and something feels seems a little bit scary, I just think of Austin Powers automatically and laugh. And it's the best feeling ever. <laughs> and it becomes, at first I had to like kind of, actively cultivate that, but now it's like really easy. So that's actually, uh, we do a process called conversational hypnosis, sometimes called the meta pattern, where we just kind of, you know, maybe think a little bit about the upsetting thing and then think of something that's very resourceful, how you want to be, how you want to feel, what brings up that feeling, let's like get it going on. And then we think of the the scary situation, the trigger again, and then we go to the resource and kind of build that back up and come back to the trigger so that we like wire in that association so that you, you know, it's just your brain just starts to rewire itself. And whenever you're doing something scary, it just thinks of Austin Powers or whatever your resource is. <laughs> and you just feel that how that feels instead of feeling scared, angry, upset. So that's the second level of work, the cut and paste. And then the third, this is where the 
hypnosis really comes in is exploring the meaning behind our patterns and behaviors. Because often, like we have these patterns and behaviors that are part of us. We don't like them. Like we wish they'd go away. I know I used to have like fantasies about having a surgery that could take the guilty thoughts out of my brain (laughs) or like a brainwashing machine. I could just like put my head in and just like suck those thoughts out. And the hypno and a lot of times those thoughts are there for a reason. There's they're there like trying to protect us. They're there trying to guide us. There's there's often something there for us. So a lot of the session we'll spend in hypnosis, just kind of exploring that, talking to our unconscious mind. And our unconscious mind is also the holder of all our resources. So we get to ask it, like, what would be helpful in this situation? Can you show me some creative creative ideas? What would be a different way to deal with this that might work better? So yeah, that's the trance work. And in just a moment, I'll talk exactly about how that works. But yeah, that's the three levels we work on. We just want to stop the habit from happening quick and dirty. We want to basically induce some neuroplasticity with that cut and paste, like take that resource state and put it on the trigger. So every time you're triggered, instead of feeling sad, angry, scared, you feel like laughter or love or wonder or whatever it is you you want to feel, whatever makes sense to you. And then we really get into the meaning behind the patterns, like under asking our unconscious mind for insight, understanding, wisdom, resources, and that's that's a lot of fun. So those three together make pretty fast and robust and lasting change. It's amazing to me that, you know, as someone who has always struggled with drinking too much and eating too much and just having kind of an addictive personality, I can use these tools on my cravings, for example. And I can get to the point where I can knock down the craving so that it doesn't bother me. And then over time, as I'm using these tools, I'm just like changing, like my mind is changing and rewiring so that it doesn't even want this thing anymore. It can be around this thing and not crave it. And it just, it feels like such magic to me. So that's a little bit about how I work as a hypnotist. And I kind of wanted to walk you through just for fun, like a typical trance, like when we're going into trance and doing like the deep work on meaning and insights and just like getting resource from our unconscious, what, what are we doing? So as you'll remember, you really just want focused attention. So we, you know, go through a process. So your conscious mind has something to pay attention to and then openness. So yeah, just getting you in a place where you're very relaxed and maybe just kind of like feeling safe and like grounded in your body. So how do we do that? We, t- we start usually with something called an induction. So a really common induction that you've probably done maybe even in yoga class or with your therapist is progressive relaxation, just sending relaxation to, the, to your head, sending it to your neck, going all the way down to your toes, just relaxing each part of your body. And then I also have some really trippy and fun ones I love to use where <laughs> like you're blending the space inside you with the space outside you 
you and the space between you and the nearest cloud and the space between you and the universe. I actually have that one on Instagram, which I will. <laughs> I'll put a link to in the show notes if you want to want to try it yourself. It's just such a nice little induction. And the induction itself can be very relaxing, very healing. Definitely try it on a day when you're feeling stressed out. So yeah, we get the we do the induction, just kind of have the person relax, kind of calm down their thoughts. We're down regulating the vagus nerve. We're um, kind of quieting down the language part of their brain as we're walking through these inductions. That's kind of the neuroscience explanation of what's happening. And then I'll often do what's called a deepener. So a deepener is just inviting them just to feel this nice, like relaxed, open, focused state and just like drop in even deeper to it. So we can do this often if you've done tra- done any kind of breath work or sessions or morning prayers with me. We often walk down a staircase and just imagine like as we're walking down this beautiful staircase, we're going deeper into presence, deeper into all the parts of us, deeper into the part of us that knows more and with each step going deeper until we're down at the bottom. And you, it can also be as simple as just making a suggestion like I want if your eye, if their eyes are closed, if your eyes are closed and you're my client, I want you to, in just a moment, I want you to open your eyes and then close your eyes and imagine as you close your eyes going twice as deep. So now open and close, going deeper. And it can be as simple as that will actually help people go deeper. Sometimes I'll actually throw in a convincer. Often in the first session, we'll do something like this. So a convincer is just to show you that you can make suggestions to your your unconscious mind and your mind listens. And just to show you that you're like really powerful. Everything you're telling yourself, yourself is believing and yourself is actually making real. So... Um, a lot of times we use the heavy leg one. It depends if they're sitting in a chair. We could use heavy legs, heavy fingers, heavy eyelids. There's a few other random ones we can use. But the heavy leg one is just saying to yourself, my legs are heavy. And just imagine your legs were so relaxed, so relaxed that they did feel heavy, that they felt as if they were made of wood or stone, whatever heaviness feels to you. And just taking a moment, just saying to yourself, my legs are heavy and then sometimes people feel it more if you try to lift up one or both of your legs and a lot of times almost everyone will feel the heaviness and some people like literally can't lift it off the ground I know the first time Melissa did it I lifted it up but it did feel heavy and now like I you know after a bit of practice like I can get it where I literally like can't get it off the floor so yeah just to kind of show you how powerful you are that you can make suggestions to yourself and that you can actually feel those being real in your body and in your experience and then the final piece we do is the trance work. So it might be something like imagine stepping through a door and on the other side is just the part of you that knows more. This is your wise advocate and it can actually take any form. It can be a person, an object, an animal, someone you know, someone you've never met, an ancestor, really literally 
anything. So they step through the door, they meet the wise advocate, and then I'll usually invite them to just, you know, ask any questions they want. It can be as simple as what do I need to know? And just like really, you know, enjoy being in the presence of this, this part of themselves that knows more. Often people see like the most interesting things, like when they step through the door. And I'm always amazed, like they'll see themselves, but like maybe from another time and place, another lifetime. Um, They'll see maybe a future version of themselves. I had someone who was really like, you know, has a heart for animals, rescues a lot of animals. So their their wise advocate was actually all of their pets that had passed on, which was so beautiful. Um, Yeah, can really be anything. I had a writer, so the wise advocate was the was um the heroine from her book came and gave her advice. So yeah, a lot of fun. And you can see this stuff is just very, um, it's one thing I love about it that I don't necessarily love about traditional counseling and some of the more cognitive methods of counseling is that it's so client led, like you're the one actually like accessing the resources, the part of you that's most helpful. Like I could never like make up like your character from your tell you, you know, as your, as your counselor be like, okay, now your character from your book is going to, I mean, I would never even know to like that that would be helpful for you. So I just love that. It's very guided by the clients and, you know, your unconscious mind just shows you what you need in that moment. So, so beautiful. So there's a bunch of trans processes we do. Um, what is called the control Control room. I think that's also on my Instagram. We do the wise advocates. We do the three brains. We do the three part reframe. Um, this is a great place to do mental rehearsal, which um, is a technique I teach to almost all of my clients when you're trying to do something new, just getting in a nice trancey state and looking up at a movie screen and just picturing yourself doing it the way you want to do it. Like if there's something you want to learn, what's it going what's it gonna look like when it's already learned and you're an expert at it. If you're trying to be differently, like say in your relationship, what's this, what's that going to look like when it's done and you are that way and not even having to think about it? See you and your partner up there just interacting in the way that you're the the way that you are once that skill is part of you and it's already learned and the learning is done and you're so far beyond that and this is just how you naturally are every day in your relationship so you can see it really yeah like creates a lot of just like positive like feeling around that skill and Yeah. So mental rehearsal, actually like athletes, this is one of the best things that you can do. I do it a lot with athletes. Um, There's sports psychologists that will charge like $5,000 a session to do basically the very same mental rehearsal thing I do with my athletes and teach them to do for themselves like every single session. So, so that's it. Induction, deepener, convincer, and trance work. And then I don't have a fancy process for coming out. Usually we'll just kind of take a moment to integrate, feel what that's like take it deeper you know if you need to connect it up anywhere in your mind and your body and your spirit and then we just kind of like stretch and shake it out and open our eyes and we're done (laughs) that's it so yeah that's a typical trance and I wanted also 
before we close out here, just to share a couple of common myths about hypnosis that are still kind of floating around out there. Um, definitely, there were things that I believed about hypnosis before <laughs> I really actually knew what it was and how it works. And one is that it's coercive, that the, the, the therapist, or I'm sorry, I'm not a therapist. Some hypnotists are therapists. I am a hypno coach. But yeah, the person leading can, you know, plant their thoughts in your mind through hypnosis. And I won't lie, that is something that's possible. Like we all, when we're training, learn to be very careful (laughs) about like what we might be suggesting to people, because I never want to suggest anything to you and have you take it on that is me and not you. So that's one of the reasons we try to keep it very client guided and what's happening now and what do you see now and what do you think this means? And, you know, I, I, I never, almost never will like tell you what I think it means unless, yeah, I think that it will like, I'm pretty sure that that would be helpful and then also aligned with kind of the direction you're going also. Um, and the other thing to remember though, is that I think the idea that hypnotists can like mind control people is a little bit overblown, honestly. Like you, as you as you are um, probably aware, are not necessarily like influenceable by other people. Like you have your own mind, you have your own will, and. Honestly, like in order for you, for me to say something to you in hypnosis and for you to take that on as real, there's probably has to be some part of you that also agrees with that. So yeah, like, like it's, it's um, like a good example was um, Melissa, my teacher was talking about like when she was first taught hypnosis and it used to be very directive and now your foot is stuck to the floor, pick it up. You can't pick it up. Like that's actually how they used to do the convincer, which just sound so terrible now. But she's like, I just like picked it up because I'm a rebel. And I was like, you aren't going to tell me like it's stuck to the ground when it's not. So she actually like came out of a trance and like picked her foot up and then was like, see. (laughs) But so yeah, like, like, like all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. If you're not along for the ride, if you're not taking the suggestion in, if you're not the one, even you can even do this with your own suggestions. You might make a suggestion to yourself and be like, nah, that's not really a line. That's not really what I believe happens all the time to me. It won't stick because in order for the suggestion part of it to work, it has to be something that really vibrate, like what's the word, like vibes with you, aligns with you, feels good to you, something that you're completely on board with. So I kind of hold one in each hand. I'm like on one hand, I want to make sure I'm (laughs) not like making suggestions that, uh, you know, I'm not like making like like putting stuff trying to put stuff out there during the session that is mine not yours and at the same time I also know that you are basically the one who is doing all the work hypnotizing yourself and that there's really nothing fundamentally I can see that if it's not like for you that can get in if that makes sense so yeah so modern hypnosis we're, we're trained to on one hand be very like client focused and not 
in not like put suggestions on people that are not theirs. And at the same time, can you really like <laughs> suggest something to someone that they don't believe? I think it, it's, it's actually really hard to do. So I hope that's, that's good to know. Another thing that I think is interesting that I actually would have believed 10 years ago, if you told me I was going to be a hypnotist, I would have been like, that's pseudoscience and it doesn't work. And we all like know our cousin Susie who went to the hypnotist to stop smoking and she still like smokes like 10 packs a day. And so there's a lot of thought that it's pseudoscience. It doesn't work. It's actually can be harmful. Like that comes up sometimes. And that's actually something I used to believe when the truth is that like what we're practicing in this session is actually really well grounded in neuroscience, neuroplasticity. We actually now have the ability, this is only maybe, gosh, like in the last like 15 years, um, and it's still very much only is happening in like a lab setting, but it's possible to actually do an MRI on someone where we can watch their brain operate in real time. We can see which parts of the brain are lighting up, which ones are working, which ones are dark. And we kind of know what the different parts of the brain do to some degree. So when the language center is lit up, that person's maybe having self-talk or like thinking thoughts um, in words, cognitive so it's it's like we can see like what different modalities of coaching of counseling of hypnosis do to the brain and we can actually see that whenever we're working with someone for example that's having pain and making kind of having them in a trance and making suggestions to their body like you know what color is that discomfort you know what color would feel better can you take that new color and just surround that area with it put that color around it through it really feel what that's like the pain center of their brain will actually like start it'll be like really lit up when they're in pain and as they start to do the hypnotic process it'll actually start to dim and that that light will start to spread through the rest of the brain and it's pretty cool we can actually see people's brains getting hypnotized and changing and a lot of times also like whenever we're doing hypnosis like the language center will kind of down regulate and because you're that's a very cognitive part of your brain and during hypnosis you're kind of working in all the parts of you you've got access to your unconscious the 95 percent of your brain that you don't normally use so yeah so yeah we can actually see which processes work and which processes don't. And if you, and like, I think Melissa is very scientifically rigorous. If you go to that certification, they're not going to teach you anything that's not backed up by a pretty good body of research. And they can actually tell you what it is, which I really appreciate. Another thing, this is the last one I'll share, the last myth about hypnosis is that it's some kind of miracle cure, like you go to the hypnotist once and they do like a brain operation, like what do you call it, um, brainwashing and the bad thought comes out and you never feel it again. And I do think that that's to some degree possible. I mean, that's what I experienced with Courtney. My experience, like as a client, like now having gone through a whole bunch of hypnosis, um, and also working with clients, also being a breath worker, is that it really is a constructive and two-way process. 
Um, so your cousin Susie that went to the hypnotist for smoking and she's still smoking like 10 packs a day, like 10 years later, a lot of times it's because, and this could be like the way that the, the hypnotist was guiding her. Um, yeah, she didn't really, you know, become a full participant in the process, if that makes sense. So a great example, I'll put a link in the show notes to that episode about me working on my own driving fear. And I've also worked with that with a bunch of my classmates, um, a lot of hypnotists I know. It takes time and a lot of work and different techniques and figuring out which one really resonates with my brain in order to take that fear that's at like a nine or a 10 and get it down to like a zero or a one where it feels very comfortable. And yeah, it takes a lot of repetition. It takes a lot of me kind of working on my own, working through it, sticking with the process, using my tools. And then usually what'll happen as I'm working through something, it'll feel hard at first. And the, and the at first can be like an hour or it can be like maybe a couple of weeks, depending on how big the problem is and how successful I'm being at just pulling in the resources I need and finding them. Yeah, like it, it does take some work often to help this problem resolve. Cousin Susie, she may need to use her tapping to tap down her cravings or use metaphor to dissolve those cravings or use another somatic process to interrupt those cravings so that they're not like, you know, constantly pulling at her. Even that first step can take some work just to remember to do it, to get in the habit of doing it right away when you notice the craving for the cigarettes. It really can take a little bit of practice to get there. And then Susie can also be, you know, going into trapping herself into trance. We teach all our clients how to do that. And just imagining what life's going to be like when she doesn't even want a cigarette, when her body feels healthy, when she's saving so much money because she's not smoking all the time. Yeah. So she can be doing that every day and just taking a moment to just really feel what that's like to integrate those suggestions into her mind. Um, so, you know, if that's not happening outside the session, like a lot of times these sessions are one hour sessions and then the client walks away and they're in the real world where there's temptations and things that cause cravings. So they also need to be able to use their own tools. They need to participate. They need to do some work. And the work is so much easier, you guys, than any kind of cognitive coaching. If you've ever had a cognitive coach and they're like, here's a workbook just of prompts and prompts and prompts and things to fill out. Like really the stuff you can do, like the homework I give my clients are like, is really like two or three minutes a day tops. You just put yourself through a little process and that's all they need. Um, and also just knocking down those cravings or knocking down that thought or knocking down that feeling when they notice it coming up using their somatic interrupts, their pad, their metaphoric interrupts, really yeah, like like on one hand, it is pretty magic. It can be pretty fast. It can be one a one and done session. I'd say more often, it really is a participatory thing. And it does take some time to learn to use your tools and just really be be like on top of it and 
to develop the habit, the devotion of doing your little homework, your visualization each day. So yeah, it, it's, it really is. I always want people coming in just to know that on one hand, it gets to be like so much easier this way. You get to like really change without a lot of struggle. And B, you are still going to have to have some awareness, put yourself through some exercises, use some tools, maybe even get a little bit of practice going on until it becomes automatic. And that change will then really happen fast. Like once you've got it, you've got it in my experience. Like there's like with this anxiety thing, I just like threw so many things at it and then like one worked really well and it became so much less of a problem. So friends, I hope that was so much fun. If you are interested in coming to work with me, let me just share some of the ways that I'm working with clients right now. So some ways that you can experience this kind of hypnosis as healing, as habit change, as you know, anything you want it to be, any change you want to make in your life. Private coaching is probably one of the best ways, one of the fastest ways, one of the most individualized ways. We can really tailor it to you and what's happening. I offer one-on-one sessions in three packages now. This is a bit of a new thing. If you're listening in real time, you're probably hearing it in the in the, the pre-roll. Um, so one session, $125 three sessions, $300, so 100 each, six sessions, $500, so about $80 each. And yeah, you can see the price goes down if you buy more. And that's because, you know, you may only need one, you may only need three, depending on what you're coming to work with me on. Often six will really kind of make the change robust. We can kind of give you so many tools, explore it from so many angles that, yeah, and if you're having trouble, if you're just not getting the change, you know, we can kind of troubleshoot and see what needs to happen. So I really love six. That's why the price is lower to encourage you to do six. But yeah, like, the, I mean, some people may not want or need six. Some people may want three. Some people just want one. They're like, give me a nice breathwork session and help me relax. So now you have all the options there. I'll put the link in the show notes to all my packages. You can buy a package directly if you just feel very called, like, yeah, I want this. You can also schedule a discovery call if that's something that you would like to do first. Maybe you have some questions. Maybe you, yeah, just want to get to know me before we spend a lot of time working together. Totally, totally cool. You can do that. It's it's in the same link, um, the appointment to do the discovery call. So yeah, definitely check that out. Other places. So there's a lot of free ways that you can work with me as well. Um, I have a breathwork meetup, which I will also link in the show notes. And this is a, like an amazing, I feel like, it's kind of like where I, it's kind of, I always tell my students, it, you're kind of my little guinea pigs, which is why this is free. It's my laboratory. It's where I'm trying out new things I'm learning, new like visualizations I'm writing, new things. I, I'm just curious about how people will receive them. But yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot of fun. I've got people that have been in there. I actually started this meetup when I was um, in breathwork certification and I was trying to get practicum hours. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know enough people that actually think they want to do breath work to like get anything like 70 hours, which is what we had to get. So I started a meetup and then people just came to me and that was just 
the most amazing thing. And I still have it running. I still have people from when I was in practicum that come to the sessions. Like, so much fun. Because breath work is really just, it, it's a really, really deep trance. And it talk about like just being in a place where you're like focused and really, really, really open. That's why sometimes I think you get like that really fast, really like dramatic healing experiences in the breath work. Like I said, not all the time. I've been doing it for a few years. I've probably had like five of those, which they've all been amazing and I'm grateful for them. And a lot of times it is just this practice of cultivation where each time you do it, your mind's updating and going through little shifts. And over time, those really build up to something. You feel like a really different person and just different in your mind, your body, your spirit, all the ways. So yeah, come and join us for that. You can just join the meetup. You can sign up for, we do breathwork sessions on Tuesday night. And then on Thursday, we do something called morning prayers, which is kind of a morning routine. Often there's some breathwork and trance involved in that. A lot of times we'll drop in and do like a little mini trance journey and just kind of work on something new. So yeah, especially for those of you who just, you know, don't necessarily have a lot of money to spend on private coaching, or you're not sure, like you're going to like private coaching. You kind of want experience a bit, experience it a bit before you go into a paid product, I definitely recommend the meetup. It's so much fun. We have a blast in there. And the other way that you can work with me is my Instagram. Um, if you just want something on demand that you can pull up, like a little trance on demand, if you go to the Reels section, like of my profile, you'll see a bunch of different things. I have one on there. I have whole trances in there where we just go through all the steps. We do an induction, a deepener, and then a trance process. I don't think I do the convincer in there. Um, that's more of a one-on-one -on -one thing. <laughs> and then I have a couple inductions in there. Like um, I think I have the wholeness process where you're just blending the space inside you with the space outside you and connecting to all the living things and just melting into awareness and it's, it just feels really, really good. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, and then I also have some pattern interrupts in there. I think they're actually pinned to the top of the reels. So things like tapping, faster EFT, things like bilateral simulation, you can go in. So the, the Instagram reels section is a really great resource for you. So I encourage you to check that out. So my phone just beeped. I think my friend is wanting me to come down so we can go to dinner. So I'm going to wrap it up, guys. I hope this was really interesting for you. You learned something about hypnosis. If you have any questions, definitely reach out. You can probably one of the easiest ways is to DM me on Instagram or email me. I'll put all the ways to get in touch with me in the show notes. And again, thanks for spending some time with me. This was so fun to talk to you. I'll see you here again soon.